Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. The kids on Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? Halloween's a Freddy Krueger podcast. Was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. From the Consequence Podcast Network. The Minds Behind the Losers Club comes a new podcast in fantasy terror. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Halloweenies, a Freddy Krueger podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, I hope you do subscribe to the series. We put out interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Consequence of Sound. We'd love to keep you up to date on every single one of those. And you can subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. That includes iTunes and Apple Podcasts, where you can give a rating and leave a review. You can also subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Natalie Maring, you know her as Wise Blood. The brand new record is called Titanic Rising, and the accolades have been pouring in over this record. You can definitely expect it to land on a lot of best of lists at the end of the year, as well as those best of lists of the end of the year so far that's probably about to come out. Natalie and I are going to talk about how this record starts a new chapter of her uh, artistic career and a lot of the very heavy themes that it features climate change and anxiety which both seem to play a part in the album artwork too which finds her uh, submerged in a bedroom uh, filled to the brim with water that was a real shot they actually made that bedroom and filled it with water and she's going to tell us the story about that as well it's really interesting we'll also talk about the concept of true love there's a line in one of the singles from titanic rising uh, uh, from the song every day where she says true love is making a comeback the statement that says a lot of things, and I'm curious about that as well. And we geek out about our shared love of movies and television and the cautionary part of it all in, uh, in the peak TV era that we're currently in. Talking about this uh, fantastic record, Titanic Rising, it's Kyle Meredith with Wise Blood. 
Hi, this is Natalie from Wiseblood. Well, first off, let me congratulate you because I, this album, Titanic Rising, has been, what, it just like dominated the college radio charts and, and all the critics are loving it. And it is a damn great record. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I guess there has been a lot of comparison. I've noticed a lot of the reviewers, they always seem to compare this one to your earlier albums, more so than I see them do other artists. Is the journey as evident to you as it's being painted to the public? Yeah, you know, I um, I have always kind of been like a big lump of raw clay in my nature. There's a lot to work with, but it's really just a matter of kind of refining it and getting down to the nitty gritty. And I think any time in music, especially in the way music's set up now, where you're kind of expected to do it all yourself, you know, Everybody's kind of expected to be a Todd Rundgren from a very small uh, point in their career. So I think for me, this record might stand out so much because it was my first real um, album made with the support of like a, a label that was kind of, you know, believing in what I was doing and wanted to do it, you know, in a real way. And I think before it was kind of like a, a little bit more DIY, which has its limitations. A great reference point, Todd Rundgren. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard for some people because I, I think so many people can record at home and, and play everything that uh, that labels have kind of a misconception on what they should expect from their artists. They're like, oh, couldn't you just record that at your apartment? You know, <laughs> it's like, well, it's maybe. So, so different from how it was was before. I don't know, two thousand five, two thousand eight, somewhere in there. Because yeah. that would have never have been a question ever. Have been a question from a record label yeah it would have been like hell no we're not gonna let you record <laughs> right in your dopey apartment we're not gonna let you play the drums on your album you're not as good as you know jim keltner and all the greats well so beyond the music uh, you know and and this being so that turning point uh, as you're saying do you feel like lyrically that this record acts as does it work as that like the next chapter to what we heard on front row seat to earth because uh, you know we, we find some similar themes and I don't, I don't know if story wise is if it's a continuation yeah I think that it's it's its own thing um, I do feel like there are things that I touch upon on front row seat to earth and front row seat to earth is about kind of you know these macrocosmic societal movements and how they would affect you on a microcosmic personal level so th- those things are always at play but I think this record gets a little bit more specific conceptually and lyrically and front row seat to earth is really more of a like road trip where it's just kind of moody and uh, you know late at night or something which I like both I like both realms because people are multi-layered and and that's good yeah some of the some of those bigger themes how much does climate figure into these songs as I feel like I've read about well, I think it's kind of on the tip of my tongue for sure and like something to believe and a lot's going to change, like literally a lot is going to change, you know, physically in our external world. But also Wild Time, I think, is the most specifically about overpopulation and just kind of the wildness and the unhinged industrialization. And in a lot of ways, I think it does reflect nature as much as it's like killing nature and a perversion of nature, the way that it functions in terms of just kind of this massive infection of human activity. <laughs> it's actually in its own way biological. And I think if we look at it that way, um, it becomes slightly less dystopian. And you kind of feel like, oh, you know, this is just a reflection of ourselves. Like this is just a reflection of internal desires that have kind of now are beyond what we can comprehend, especially because I don't think anybody can fully comprehend, you know, how much waste they create in a given day or, or how much, um, impact certain things have on the rest of the world. So we really are kind of suspended in an imaginary realm. And yeah, I, I don't want anybody to to be too disillusioned by that to not do anything about it. So, Well, that's, I mean, it's interesting, you know, even when you 
just look at the um, you know the album title because if we were to take it to the the literal part of history, I mean, the moment the Titanic rises is the moment everyone falls. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I'm done listening to this, while I've enjoyed it on, on one level, on, on a very basic level, if, if I try to look too deep psychologically, I guess I, I wonder, you know, is the ultimate outcome for you personally optimistic or, or pessimistic, hopeful at I think all? Ultimately hopeful and optimistic, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, and that's kind of an exercise that I was doing while making the record. I was like, I'm going to talk about this stuff, but do it in a way that's like poetry. And because I think it's so hard for us to take all these all this news and changes in the format that we're all taking it in through social media and, and you know just kind of reading articles and to have somebody create some conceptual art about it I think is in a lot of ways more hopeful and I, I think that people kind of need to mythologize what's going on around them to psychologically comprehend and see it in a picture that isn't just pure chaos which I think science and, and kind of the way that our society is set up sometimes things just feel incredibly dystopian and chaotic and then even tie, you know I'm looking at the album artwork here too as you're saying that it with you're literally underwater in that and <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a bedroom underwater yeah well and speaking of that I mean you all actually made a submerged bedroom for this yes we built a set and, and submerged it underwater and how was that I mean what was that process like it was really intense working with water is twice as hard it's twice as dangerous it takes twice as long twice as many things can go wrong and you have like way less time to shoot because you know things that you put underwater will disintegrate over a certain period of time so we built the set in four days submerged it decorated it and had a couple hours to capture what you're seeing before things started getting bloated and crazy (laughs) (laughs) it's beautiful too. it was a a time capsule and that's the thing you know when we go back to what you were just talking the dystopian side of things you know, here you are in a moment submerged underwater, but you don't look like you're drowning. Yeah, that's. I was kind of hoping that that we had a, a couple images to choose from, and I chose this one because I'm looking and I'm alive, and that's. I want this not to be here. I am drowned in my bedroom. I want it to be like here is a conceptual bedroom full of conceptual water because I think yeah that that's there's a lot of different layers to the meanings, especially relating to like water being kind of the subconscious force and the bedroom being in a lot of ways uh, a place of initiation for most westernized youth you know that's kind of where they formulate their ideas about the world um, however disillusioned and, and backwards they might be you know <laughs> but even that I mean when I look back on on how I saw the world you know at a younger age I might have been wrong but I'm so grateful that I had that wide-eyed I don't know if wonder Days, was yeah. yeah sometimes it was but just that you know because because as you know, so many great things comes from youth. Because the the weight and cynicism has just not you know put you down yet, and that's the only reason I think a lot of us even had the guts to go for something at that point. So you know, being able to hold on to that in any way. Yeah, and I, I think it's particularly um, a disillusioned experience for you know Americans. I think there's a lot of um, the point of initiation into adulthood is really messed up here because there's no education on the subject, which I think some other westernized countries might do a better job of being like, okay, this is how you pay taxes, and this is how credit card debt works. And I feel like with a lot of Americans, they're like, you're special, you're great. Then you just kind of get dumped into the world, and and you kind of don't realize that you're going to be perpetually behind behind for the rest of your life. You have the single Every Day, um, which, you know, sidebar, I absolutely love. 
and and I do not seem to get tired of with each listen. Just saying something in a radio station who plays it all the time. But um, there is a oh, line. Thank you. Yeah, there's a line in it. True love is making a comeback. Do you think that speaks to a generational picture, or or, or did you intend it maybe as just a personal statement? Well, I, I think both. Um, I would hope that it's it's like a universal hope that um, that people would miss this idealistic concept of love. But it might also be something that I was raised wanting to believe in. But I, I think no matter what that resonates with people, and most people are like, yeah, really? Can it? Please? Like, people are hoping for that. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, to say it made a comeback is that the idea of true love has vanished. I think in some ways it might have been replaced by some other stuff, some other hoopla, individualism, capitalism, um, kind of being spoiled for choice. Uh, kind of like romantic ideas extracted from emotionally manipulative movies. You know, we're all kind of brainwashed um, in one way or another. And I think a lot of people have trouble sustaining love in in this generation simply because maybe that fabric is kind of turning into something else. But I think in the midst of that kind of breakdown of monogamy and, and marriage, there's people that get a little disenchanted and sad about it. And I don't think it's particularly sad. And I think true love will always be there however fleeting or momentary it will be. So yeah, I just, I would hope that uh, as opposed to being like, oh, we're all fucked. Yeah, that people (laughs) people would be like, no, you know, if you believe in it, it'll come back. It says a lot for, you know, when folks talk about the era that we're being, that we're in, um, you know, looking a whole lot like the uh, the Reaganism era of the 80s and what was going on there, because all the things you just said could have applied to how we look back on that uh, that decade, especially. It's so funny. And it's so funny to me now that there are people who who are really nostalgic for that time. Well, they miss the innocence. <laughs> the nostalgia will cloud actual fact and and. You know, we never look back on the times that we were just miss thinking that Indiana Jones movie wasn't racist. They're like, I, I didn't know, I didn't realize how racist it, this was. You know, it's like <laughs> it's so funny to me. But yeah, so you've got a, You've got a song on here called "Movies," and and you know, to, to me, the movies the way they shape us, and especially when you tie a song in, you've got a great recipe for peak nostalgia. And it, it sounds like that's something that's kind of been on your mind too, or maybe you just you know that's where we're going, that's where we're taking this. Yeah, I think movies have kind of a strange impact on people that we haven't fully comprehended yet and I'm fascinated by them as a generation it might have been the most like cinematically saturated generation with you know VHS and TVs made for movies and movies on TV and then you know the huge blockbusters it's a lot of movies I, I can honestly say we were talking about this me and some friends were talking about this a, a, a bit earlier today because I came of age in the 90s when musically we were in the soundtrack era and and that's how I discovered a lot of my favorite artists, a lot of important artists I, I discovered through soundtracks and everything. The Me way, too, yeah. Yeah, the, the way we talk about movies and the way we talk about music, I mean, both of them can be time machines in a, in a very nostalgic sort of way. But when you do have that connection of, of, of a song that not only takes you back to a moment uh, in Empire Records or Days to Confused or something, but you can also <laughs> feel the moment that you're in that room and, and what you were doing. I mean, that's... To me, that's that's everything. So so I can't entirely I, I despise the idea of watching too much TV, but I can never quit it because of what it's led me to, I guess. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think that we're all have a, a love hate relationship with it. Um, I can't stop. Um, I'm on the Netflix. I'm on the Prime video. I'm on Hulu. I'm streaming. I am into the content. I mean, I do think it's it's getting even more oversaturated and messed up, but um, I think that it's become a rite of passage in a way for us as a society to kind of create our own myths and communicate with one another. You know, we used to 
be crazy about 300 channels and, and that it was going to rot our brains. And now we're in peak moments in television history. And it's well beyond yeah, we're that. like 300 new Netflix specials. Good luck. They got to give these people a ticket. Like they got to police Facebook first and foremost. Then they got to police Amazon. Then they got to police Netflix. Right. These people are spreading their trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I, I love how you've written about it. Uh, how all of this kind of makes in because because what we're talking about here is is you know in the end it is dark, heavy content, and yet you've written about it so beautifully uh, of a record that just kind of you know that one of the few albums. I mean, you know, not every record is a great album. I guess is what I'm saying. And to be able to put it on from start to mm. finish, you know, and to go on that journey. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Which, by the way, uh, I, I will bring up speaking of that journey because we. we start out and it seems like you meant to do this but we start out and and you sort of give that am 70s vibe and then suddenly you know when you get to the title track moment of the record it's like the whole rug is yanked out from under us and and we descend into that uh, submerged room with you it's it's a fantastic moment oh man thank you that means a lot congratulations uh, on the titanic rising natalie it has been a pleasure to talk to you today i really appreciate it and, uh, and yeah it's been my pleasure too yeah hopefully i'll see you out on the road too i can't wait to catch this tour yeah no we'd love to come to louisville yeah bro That's look it, at right? you you did it <laughs> i could even tell that you were trying to get it right too and you did get it right oh good good thank you All well right. have a wonderful day you too natalie take care okay, bye my thanks to natalie Maring. The new Wise Blood record is called Titanic Rising. It is out now. And again, before you get out of here, I hope you subscribe to this series right now. Again, you can subscribe on YouTube, on Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, including iTunes and Apple Podcasts, where you can also give a rating and leave a review as well. After that, head to WFPK.org, where you can catch me every single weekday and find some bonus episodes of this series. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.